Good morning, everyone. You can all take a seat now. 
I'm gonna give you some announcements and then we can worship again together. For any of you who may not know me, my name is Tess and I get to serve here on the announcements team and on the worship team. Um, is, okay, sorry. <laughs> Uh, to make more room in the sanctuary, we're looking to hang coats in that room, and there are hangers on the wall, and there are like coat racks in the back on the back wall, so we can use those if we need them. And if you want to take any of your things, if they are next to you, and put them underneath your seat, that would be great to save space in our little temporary sanctuary right now. We also have some exciting things happening at Pathway that you can be a part of. So one thing is Wednesday night recharge at Pathway. We do prayer here from 6.30 to 8 uh, every Wednesday, so you can come to join us for worship and prayer. Also coming up is men's fellowship prayer and breakfast. All men are invited, young men and teens too, here at 8 a.m. Uh, this coming Saturday, February 26th at Pathway. Jim Spieler will be sharing his testimony, and if you are interested, you can let Rick Barnard know. Also, something coming up is the IF 2022 Women's Conference. It would be March 4th and 5th, which is a Friday and a Saturday. And there is a flyer in the bulletin with more information. And I think it okay. And also, Iron Sharpens Iron Men's Conference, which I think we have a video for. The word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it pierces asunder between the joints, the marrow, the soul, and the spirit. It is a critic of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. All scripture is God-breathed. And as such, it is profitable for reproof, rebuke, correction, and instruction in righteousness. The psalmist says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And it's in that law does he meditate, meditate, meditate day and night. And as a result, he will be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. Leaves will not wither. Fruit will come in due season. And whatsoever he does shall prosper. Jesus Christ, the Master Chef, says, it is written, it is written, it is written that man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word out of the mouth of God shall a man live. That's the word. It's life at another level. So Saturday, March 12th in Island Park, 834, is the Iron Sharpens Iron Men's Conference. To get early registration discount, you can register by next Sunday, and you can make checks payable to Pathway or pay through Pathway's website. Um, you can sign up in the clipboard that is on the table next to the children's check-in kiosk at there, uh, and or you can let Rick Barnard know if you'd like to attend. 
there's also an insert in your bulletin for more information. Also, I would like to ask all of you lovely people to get your phones out. This is the time where we're gonna silence them. So, also while you have your phone out, you can, if you want to, give by texting any dollar amount to 84321, or you can scan the QR code on the bulletin, or checks can be put in the offering box that is on the wall in the Connection Cafe out there. Also, if you give by check, you can make checks payable to Cafe Church, and Million is spelled M-I-L-L-I-O-N. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> I wish I could take credit for that. And lastly, are there any first-time visitors here at Pathway? You can raise your hand. Awesome. We have a free gift for you. Someone will get it to you, and there should be a blue piece of paper in there. If you want to fill it out, we can get your information and get more information from you. And I think that's it. You can, if you all want to stand, we will get back into some worship. search the world they couldn't fail me man's empty praise treasures of faith never enough and you came along you put me back together
praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live through you. Jesus, a name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Jesus, a name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you.
every time I see those words, I will not be shaken. I just cannot let go of what's happening in Ukraine. And I am so heavy hearted for those people living um, in this unrest and in this fear. Their lives are sort of at the whim of a, a madman. Can I say that? Um, and I just pray for those Ukrainians who don't know you, who don't have um, that peace of knowing that you see them and that you love them. And if the worst happens, that you will, that you will take them in. So I just, there are so many needs in this room right now, and, and I know this. And, and so many um, things that are happening in our world that, that want to shake us. And I just ask you, God, to help us remain steady for your name's sake. And so that those around us will be drawn to it. And say, how come? How come they're not as afraid as I am? So help us, Lord, to, uh, even when we're shaken in our armor, <laughs> just help us be authentic and reach out to those around us. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. awesome morning here and unfortunately we're not streaming live this morning just lack of people know how to do it and we'll deal with that but I want to read something to you Psalm 37 do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong for like the grass they will soon wither like green plants they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Anybody heard that before, right? Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Father, Help us to keep our eyes fixed on you. We are who you say we are. 
and you say we are your children, that we have been bought by the blood of your son, that we have been redeemed from among the lost, and that you've transferred us from the powers and the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of your son that you love. We are now citizens of heaven with you. We are seated with the Son at the right hand of the Father. That's who we are. That's who you say we are. And if we can just simply remember that, so many of the problems that we face in this world would just simply pale into oblivion. The enemy wants us to uh, look at the fog, not through the fog, to see you. So help us keep our eyes fixed on you, Lord. Remind us all the time that you're there, that you're with us, that you hear us, that you care for us, that you love us, and that you died so that we could be with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Going to take a minute here to pray for the kids before they go. So look around, find the kids that are seated here. Put your arms around them, hug them, touch them. Lord, we ask your blessing on these children that uh, the next generation would proclaim you loudly, clearly, everywhere they go, in every circumstance. And Lord, we ask that you would bless them today as they go upstairs, that they would experience you in a powerful and life-changing way. In Jesus' name, amen. Working? Thank you. Good morning. What? Oh, you like not having the camera? Understandable. Morning, Pathway. My name is Jay Dreek. I'm an elder here. Um, Pastor Stephen is still out, sick, fighting off COVID. But he actually sent me a uh, update this morning. So I couldn't turn my phone off. I had to put it on silent because I had to read this this morning. Um, so Pastor Stephen and Zoe test, uh, tested positive, but they're, uh, the, f the family is all fighting different types of symptoms, but nothing major. And um, they wanted to thank everyone for their prayers and for their help uh, that they have offered. Uh, apparently people have been reaching out to them and that kind of thing, so they really wanted me to express thank you to everybody. They're fine, they're doing good, 
and they'll be back soon. I can't say hi to them this morning because we have no cameras here. And, uh, you know, my wife's not here today, so I do apologize if my hair's a little messy or something like that. Is it okay? Because, you know, I need a haircut. It's a little long, and it is windy out, so I'm okay. I'm good. I'm a little self-conscious. But um, some of the guys might be going, man, that's uh, kind of weird. But, you know, I have seven sisters, so my one sister, Jackie, actually taught me to, to use a round brush and a blow dryer at about the age of 10, and I still do it to this day. So that's the honest of God's truth. That's a free nugget for you guys. Thank God we're not online. <laughs> that's a little too much information. You know. Linda's like, thank God I'm not there today. What's he talking about? Uh, today, we're actually supposed to have a guest speaker, Pastor Mark Simpson. Many of you know him. Unfortunately, they have experienced a death in the family. Uh, Lois's stepmother, I think that's what I said, right, Paul? Is that what I heard? Lois's stepmother passed away, so... Our prayers are with them. Keep them in your prayers. He will reschedule and come at a later date. So you have me today, and uh, I've never preached um, with a timeline of preparation for less than a month. I had a couple days. So anybody have any suggestions for a message today? <laughs> or Jim, you might have one prepared. Would you, would you consider? Okay, we won't go down that road, I guess. I'm stuck. Okay. Huh? <laughs> Does it look like there's gel in there? Look at it. It's dry. There's no gel in there. Um, actually, the word stuck is uh, not appropriate. Actually, I'm blessed. Uh, I was actually praying on the way over here, and it's such a privilege and an honor. And the thing that's amazing about these moments, as we were talking about this morning, is that in our weakness, God moves the most, and he, he is strong. And so we fully expect God to do a miracle here today. And uh, I also believe in divine appointment, and I believe that there's not one person in this room at this moment by accident. So God has something to say to someone. So let's just open in prayer. Lord God, we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit. Uh, just flow through me, open our hearts and minds to receive exactly what you have for us this morning. May you be glorified, God. May everything we do point towards you. Thy will be done here this morning in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So today, I'm going to, I don't really have a, uh, I'm not going to be preaching today. I'm going to share a couple of things that God has put on my heart, and I want to get you in my brain a little bit, and give you a picture of what God has been showing me. He's been speaking a word to me, and that the word is innocent or innocence. And I want to give you a picture of what I, you know, something I, an example to me of innocence. And if you're in the next room, you might want to peek your head in and look at this. Let's put up that first picture. Um, now, you have no idea how blessed I, I was by that. Because that's, that's uh, I don't have any grandkids. That's my grandpop. That's little Arlo. Now, that's a miracle because Arlo is very skittish. This is my daughter's dog, and he won't, you cannot, you know, you go to pet him and he backs up. He's got reverse. He's got a real good reverse. He's just, and it drives you crazy. You go to let him out and you can't get him on the leash. He's very skittish. He actually, this actually happened this past week. 
it just blessed me. Uh, what he did, what occasionally what he'll do is when I finally sit down on the couch and relax, um, he will, in his, on his terms, if he feels like it, eventually, he might come up by me and sit next to me, or he gets in these moods where he runs up and he, he'll actually kiss me a couple times. And so he, he kissed me there, and I let him kiss me, and then he just laid down and went to sleep. That absolutely made my day. But when I, when I see, um, I, I've often wondered, you know, why are we so, like, what is it with these little, our little pets these days that we're just so in love with these little guys? And what draws us to them? A couple of things um, came to my mind was, you can go to the next picture too. I have another, another dog. We have two dogs. That's a little rusty. See the little puppy whites, we call them? They give you that look, you know, and they, where they roll it and you can see the whites of their eyes. They give you that little puppy dog look. Look at that little guy. He's like 20 pounds. Um, maybe not even that much. No. How much is he? About 14 maybe? I don't know. But they, there's something about them that is just innocent, right? And, and their innocence um, kind of, I think it sparks our compassion, right? So, like, to give you an example, like, uh, you know, we might come home and, 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 and one of the dogs might do something, you know, pull a, pull a blanket off the couch or something like that, right? And so, th so now they're in trouble. So Linda will be like, what did you do here, you know? And, go, and then they get all sad and the tail goes down, right? <laughs> Sean and <laughs> she's seen this. <laughs> and, and, you know, the tail goes down, they feel, and they, they give you the look, you know, and they make you feel bad. And we can never stay mad at them, right? So she's like, what did you do? And, and I'll say, he didn't know, right? We all say, he didn't know. And then she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And then he'll come up and kiss her, and it's all over. Okay? So they're never in trouble for more than 10 seconds. <laughs> but there's just something about them. They're so innocent, you know? And it's like these, these commercials they play with the dogs that have been abandoned or cats or whatever. They've been abandoned. You see these innocent animals, and they just look at you with their sad eyes, and it, it tugs on your compassion. And and I, I don't know why God was was kept speaking to me these last couple of weeks about innocence. And then I heard a message this uh, last week about um, back in the Old Testament times um, to to cover sin. You would have to present a an offering, and it had to be from a pure innocence. First time I ever heard this. The animal's called innocent. I, I know they had to be firstborn and pure and these kinds of things for the sacrifice to be adequate to cover sin. So, so you would have to give an, an animal offering, but it could only be the purest. In fact, sometimes they would go through several animals. They'd be preparing it, and they would find a flaw, and they would have to discard it and give it to another animal. And sometimes people would pr try to present their not so perfect animals and it just wasn't satisfactory it was it broke the law and it wasn't acceptable in God's eyes had to be a pure innocent animal and all that accomplished should I look at my notes I don't know all that accomplished was a covering of their sin for a period of time but I found it very interesting that you know, I can. You know, I don't know about you guys, but I, I can never fully grasp and understand why do you have to. It's kind of uh, strange to me that you have to sacrifice, shed blood, kill something to 
cover your sins in the Old Testament. It's kind of a little strange to me, you know. It's, I never really, I think this side of heaven, I'll never fully understand why that had to be done. Well, I have a, a little bit more of an understanding as I prepared for today. God was showing me that God is perfect and holy, right? And he, can't, he can't be in the presence of sin or evil. It's just like there can't be dark there right now because there's light, right? You can't have dark and light in the same. It, it's impossible. When the light comes, the dark is gone. So God can't be in the because he's perfect. You can't, you can't corrupt perfection and beauty and glory. So sin can't be around it. So it would have to be covered up, and that would get us a little closer to God, a little closer to his communicating with God, right? in the Old Testament. Um, so, after a while, these innocent animal sacrifices basically weren't, they, you know, God demands perfection. He's perfect. He's holy. That never changes. And so, the animal sacrifices were really a band-aid right, if you will. They just didn't quite complete what needed to be done. So that's when Jesus had to come, right? And he had to offer himself as a perfect, pure sacrifice without blemish once and for all, right? Um, and the reason Jesus had to leave heaven, come here, and be a sacrifice once and for all is because there is no man ever, past, present, or future, that could die for me or you that would be a good enough sacrifice in the eyes of God, right? He has to be perfect. So even if you have a, a loved one, a parent, or someone who says, I would die for you, that still can't get you to heaven. That still can't get you in the presence of God because he's perfect. He's holy. No man could pay that price. So Jesus had to pay that price. You making sense? Hey, we had one more picture we wanted to show real quick. Speaking of innocence. Oh, that one right on there. The next one. Oh, that's Linda there. <laughs> I don't know if the picture's not real good quality. Can you see that fish? That is actually a bass that she actually caught on a hook with a worm. I had to take a picture of that. It was in our little pond in our backyard. She looks innocent to me all the time, but that's just me. Okay. She's probably like, what are you doing? Why are you showing that? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's, let's look at Hebrews. Um, Hebrews 10. I'll give you a little time to go there if you want. Hebrews 10, 1 through 10, we're going to read. Ten one. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the reality of themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifice repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. 
If it could, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sin because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came to the world and said, and I love this part, this is so cool. It's the quote of Jesus speaking to his father. Sacrifice and offerings you did not desire. In other words, they didn't cut the mustard. Right? But a body you have prepared for me. This is so cool to hear this conversation between Jesus and God. Jesus is in heaven next to his father, and he actually agreed to leave where he was and to come down into a body of a man for you and I. This is so cool to see this, to hear him say this. Um, With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. And I love how the writer goes on to explain this in eight. First, he said, sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them. Although there were uh, the law requiring them at the time. Uh, Then he said, here I am. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first and establishes the second. Now, this is talking about the old and the new covenant, right? I love this. We're done with that. I mean, how blessed are we? I mean, we have such an easy life. It's so awesome living in the new covenant. We don't have to do offerings anymore. We don't have to cover our sins. Our sins have been washed away once and for all, as we'll read right here. In 9, it says, then he said, here I am, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first and establishes the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Once for all. Amen? We are so blessed by what Jesus did for us. And it's so much easier. But here's what God kind of put on my heart as I was thinking about this. Actually, I've been thinking about it for the last couple of weeks, even though I just prepared this message in the last couple of days. Um, if there's anyone, uh, man or woman, who does not or believes that they don't need the salvation of Christ's sacrifice, he or she is deceived and lies to themselves. And those are not my words. Those are John's words. Uh, in 1 John 1, 8, he says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Everyone is with sin. Every person forever from Adam to Beata. We, we need the sacrifice of Christ. There are people, even as Christians, I believe this, this is what's been on my heart, that said a prayer, said they believe in God and they're Christians and they're, they're, they're religious, whatever you want to call it, 
But, and I wouldn't even fault them for this. Some people, I think, have a hard time accepting that they're evil. Um, that they actually need what Jesus did for them to get them to God. I mean, sometimes we just think, well, I mean, like, like a pastor's kid. I mean, they might think, well, I grew up in a pastor's house. I've been studying the word. I went to Christian school. I'm a good person. Why would I need this salvation? I'm a good person. I'm going to heaven. I've never done anything wrong. Well, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We just can't quite make it. I don't care how many good things we do in our entire lives. We cannot work or earn our way to heaven. There's only one way to heaven, only one way to God. And that is through the sacrifice that Jesus did for us, right? You know, I know everyone here within the sound of my voice most likely knows this truth. But I'm speaking to someone who may, may struggle with, I mean, I've known Christians over the years, good Christians, and they really have struggled with, why do I really need this sacrifice? I'm a good person. Um, and so I guess that's what's on my heart. I really want to get this across. Every one of us needs what Jesus did. Um, John 14, 6 says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Right? It's the only way. All the other religions in the world, <laughs> they won't get you to God. I don't care how good you are in your entire life. They just won't get you to God. There's only one way to God, and that is surrendering lordship of our lives to Jesus Christ. Uh, now, for me personally, um, I had kind of two experiences in my Christian life. When I was younger, um, my mom was a Christian, and she would, I'll say, drag me to church, okay, reluctantly. I don't want to go. I didn't want to get up. And at least twice, I went to the altar and said the Lord's Prayer. And then I went about living my life. And that was probably, you know, maybe I was 10 or 12, you know. But it wasn't until, and many of you have heard the story, until I was in my 20s um, that I truly surrendered lordship of my life to Jesus Christ and fully understood and accepted that I needed what he did for me. Okay? Um, I couldn't believe, I couldn't, uh, or I should say I began to understand that, well, actually God started to show me when I, when I surrendered like that, um, to be honest with you, I didn't have, I didn't have some good thoughts in, in my head, okay, when God started to reveal these, like, I had a boss that, that let's just say I, I uh, if harm came to him, I wouldn't have been displeased at that point in my life, <laughs> put it that way, as mildly as I can. Uh, he was profoundly affecting my life, cut my hours, ruining my family, you know, that kind of thing. Anyway, these are the kinds of things God started to reveal to me to show me that, oh, I'm, I'm, a long, I'm, I'm so far away from being in the presence of God because I am a sinner. I have sinful thoughts. Uh, just give us enough time and we'll come up with some pretty good sins. Um, it's just inevitable. We live in sin-cursed bodies. We are a fallen man. 
and uh, we need what Christ did for us. And uh, so for myself, take a sip here. And I'm working on this because I can't, I can't, someday I will do a, a, a biblical study on this, on how there's almost like two experiences. You can accept God and believe in God and go about your life and basically just ignore him. Would you go to heaven or not if you died? I don't know. I can't answer that question. Are you truly saved at that point? I went and I said the prayer, you know, the prayer. Did I mean it from my heart? I don't know when I was younger, you know. All I know is that I just did it because it was the moment and I and I just went on with my life and I didn't I didn't know God. I didn't have any But when I was in my 20s and I surrendered my life. I said, "Okay, Jesus, I accept what you did for me. I accept that I need you and I am a sinner. It's then when I really started to hear the Holy Spirit and begin to walk my walk with Christ. Does that make sense? And I, I guess what, I, what I'm sharing this with you, the reason I'm sharing this is because it would break my heart to think that there's that I know a Christian on this earth, or maybe I've known for years, maybe you come here, maybe it's someone else, whatever, that have gone for years as a Christian, but not having this relationship with Jesus Christ and not realizing that you can't get there on good works. You have to surrender lordship of your life. You have to understand what he did, why he left his father's side and came down to this earth into that body that we talked about him, God prepared for him so that he could be sacrificed. And think about it. Nobody's more innocent than Jesus. The perfect innocent, I heard someone this week call him that too. I've never really heard it said that. He was a perfect innocent sacrifice. I mean, think about what they, how they persecuted him and they accused him. He didn't do anything wrong. He was innocent. That's what God needed, a perfect innocent sacrifice to pay the price for our sins once for all, right? And so I guess I'm speaking to, to someone who may have never truly asked Jesus into your heart and, and admitted. You know, that's why you, you, when you hear us say the, call it the sinner's prayer, you know, and you say, oh, if you want to give your life to the Lord, and you most, you'll hear most pastors say, you know, God, I admit that I'm a, sin, uh, a sinner, you know. And that's really the truth. I think that's what he wants to hear from us. We can't make it without him. We, are, we may be good, but we're not without sin. And we need what he did for us to get to heaven. So let's just pause and pray right now about that. Um, God, if there's anyone within the sound of my voice who, have, who has never truly understood or acknowledged that they can't make it to heaven into your perfect, glorious presence for all eternity, without accepting that Jesus had to pay the price because he was perfect. Because we are not perfect. We are sinners, Lord God. If there's anyone within the sound of my voice today, pray that you would speak to them, tug their heart. In fact, if, if, you, if there's thoughts going through your mind at all, just say this prayer with me. Lord God, and you, you, can, you can say it silently, you can say it out loud. Either way, it doesn't matter. I admit that I'm a sinner. I thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for me once and for all. I accept that free gift in Jesus' name.
It's that easy. Isn't it amazing how easy it is? That is life-changing. And most everyone in this room did that at one point, and you haven't been the same. It's really amazing. You know, that, that the old Jay that uh, had bad thoughts about his boss, okay, isn't here before you today because I now have the Holy Spirit inside me, right? Guiding me and directing me and convicting me and giving me wisdom and, and, and direction and how to live with the help of this word, which I call the handbook to life, the only truth that's left on this planet. We, we were talking about this morning. Who was I saying that? There's no truth. JT, there's no truth anywhere anymore. Who, who do we trust anymore? Everybody lies. You know, I, I had a, I, w- I went to court. Uh, I, w- I was in court, and, and there was this extremely high-paid uh, lawyer down in Cook County, and this he worked at like 150 State Street, whatever it is. And I was naive, and I didn't know anything. I was in there, and he, and he looked me square in the eye, and he said, everybody lies. And I, over the, the course of the next five years, <laughs> learned that in this courtroom. The best liar wins. That's how they get through these court cases. It is unbelievable. That's just the way of the world. The news lies. Everybody, you can't trust anybody. Thank God for this. That's all that's left. It's the only truth, right? So by the grace of God, acknowledging, understanding what Jesus did for us in his word, we can get through this life. And we can get through it well. That's it for that message. I actually prepared two short messages, right? But we're going to be out here early today. All right. Thank you. <laughs> or would you rather just quit now? You want to hear this one? Okay. The second half of this is very short. I just want to elaborate on something I, I spoke on back in August. Um, and I'll just give a little quick recap. Uh, we August Back in August, I spoke on restoration. Some of you may remember it. And... Uh, um, we had I actually brought out a scale and we we put in there all the all the uh, all the trials and tribulations of this earth and then we we looked at the grace of God on the other side and this is how far it outweighed it right we talked about Job and and the trial he went through and we talked about giving thanks in all things back in August um, in Job and when you read in Job and you guys can go look at it later I love the book of Job. Um, we read that God, uh, that Job was a God-fearing man, a good man. He, he was blessed. He was like the greatest man of the East at that time. He was a blessed man. He had 10 kids. Just amazing. And it's the weirdest thing because in, in the book of Job, you, you hear how the angels came before the Lord and the devil came with the angels, which is kind of strange to me. Why does God even allow the devil to come in there and give him time to even talk to him, you know? But the God said to the devil, have you considered my servant Job? This blows me away every time I read it. And what we talked about back in August is how God is in control and the devil cannot touch us without permission as his children. Right? Because the devil had to ask God and he went back, they went back and forth like three times and he kept doing more stuff and God kept giving the devil permission. Okay, now you can do this. Okay, now you can touch him physically but don't kill him. The devil couldn't do anything without God's permission, right? So we talked about this. And I talked about give thanks in all things. But what I'd like to just add to today is 
we don't have to think him for all things. We just thank him in all things. I want to clarify this because I've been thinking about this quite a bit. When you think about, like, okay, a trial that we may be going through. And, you know, God works all things for good, right? So he'll work through trials, and God says he's there with us in the trial. He, he walks with us through the sh shadow of the valley of death, but he doesn't take us out, right? So we still go through these trials, and he accomplishes things. He accomplishes great things through these trials. Um, but as we talked about, his, his glory, the greatness of God, never changes. Our circumstances, our lives, we go through things. We go through ups and downs. We go through trials. We get stressed. We be a lot of good things come from those trials, right? We get purified. We become more like Christ. These are, I'm recapping some of the things we talked about now. But and he's perfecting us into the likeness of Christ, right? These are some of the things that are accomplished by these trials. But what I really want to get across was we thank him in all things because he is never changing. So it's almost like there, there's two separate things here. God's greatness and glory that never changes, he's always been perfect, always will be perfect. We come and we have trials and we live in a sin-cursed world and our lives change and we go through things and he's stretching us and growing us to the day we die to be in, made into the likeness of Christ. But he never changes. That's why he's always worthy to be praised. He hasn't changed. Our lives have changed. Our circumstances have changed. But he is still perfect, glorious, almighty God. Abba, Father, always worthy of praise, right? What I said before was we thank him in all things. What I'd like to emphasize today is we don't have to thank him for the things that we're going through. The devil can't do anything God doesn't allow him to do. He has to get permission, as we learned about as we studied Job. I mean, this is something, I'm going to be honest with you, I, I really struggle and waver with. Because how many times do we, something happens to us? I've, I say it myself. Like I, I've said to Pastor Steve, oh, that devil's really coming against us. The, 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 the rook's caving in the other room. You guys got covid the devil is just attacking us. Do I believe what I'm saying here? Is God in control? I'd be interested to see your take on this, Jim. We'll talk about this later. You know, <laughs> he's all-powerful God. Nothing gets past him. He doesn't change. He's glorious. He's worthy to be praised. He's, he's in, if we saw him today, we'd fall on our face. We may die. Or we'd at least, at the very minimum, just fall to the ground. I mean, he's so great, we can't even fathom him. And we get caught up in our little bubbles, in our world, in our, in our circumstance. And we read the word, and this is what I was emphasizing. Give thanks and praise and all things. Okay, and I have, God has uh, worked on me in this for years. And so I'll go through a trial, and, and, I, and I have done it. I said, okay, I'm going to thank you and praise you. I'm gonna, I don't feel like it. I don't want to. I'm, not, I'm depressed right now. I'm not happy. But I'm going to thank you and praise you anyway. But the thing that wasn't, the light that wasn't going on in my head was the reason I'm thanking and praising him and all these things is he's still worthy. doesn't matter what I'm going through. He's great. 
if he showed up today in vision, I would not remember any of my problems. I would fall to the ground and worship at his feet, wouldn't we? This is a little light, you know, he's, it's hard to, he's trying to get us to a new level, I think, of understanding of his greatness and how he's always worthy to be praised. We don't have to thank him, we do not have to thank him for what we're going through. We have to thank him in all things because he's always worthy. Does this make sense? Help me to get this, because I'm trying, this has, I'm, I waver on this. And, and the scripture that comes to my mind uh, for this, you know, Jesus uh, showed us how to pray. The disciples went to Jesus and said, how do we pray? And he gave them an example of how to pray. And, and so we as Christians, we, we go and we read that and we start and we kind of use, use that as a, a, teach us how to pray. But the other one that I love what in Luke twenty two forty two, uh, and I think this is the amplified version that I have written here. Jesus is praying to his Father, and he says, "If you are willing, remove this cup, which I never fully understood what the cup meant either." And this amplified version says, "Of divine wrath." Jesus knew what was coming. Okay, he knew he was going to be murdered innocently, ridiculed, laughed at, scorned, beaten to death for me and for you. And he says, Father, if you are willing, remove this from me. Yet not my will, but always yours be done. And I wanted to end with this today so that we could, you know, for me personally, I want to I wanna approach God differently in my trials. Praise and worship him, him as he so deserves in spite of what I'm going through. But rather than going to him and saying, um, well, maybe I have prayed like this, I don't know. But I want to go to him and say, and we can, this is another discussion we have too. I know Jim, <laughs> it's a lot of, a, you know, I have a lot to learn, but I have good godly people around me to teach me. So it's, if it's your will, and this is a debate among Christians, and we, we waver on this and go back and forth. And God, if it's your will to remove this thing that I'm going through. Okay, what, we go through anger, we go through depression, we go through uh, financial burdens, we go through physical, but we go through a lot of things in this life. And uh, and we, we tend to just say, whatever, God, get me out of this or change my circumstance. But w w it's like we're demanding what we want. In fact, uh, I was, I have an example of someone who just, really wants something from God right now and is disappointed because God is not answering that prayer the way he is praying. What do we know? What, we know better than God. We're going to tell him what, what's best for us. God, I want this gone, or God, I want this, or God, I want... We have no idea what's going to be accomplished in this trial that we're in or whatever. We don't know what's around the next corner. 
Do we totally believe that he's in control and he is God and we trust him and have faith in him and he's always worthy to be praised no matter what, doesn't change. And so I want to pray this way. God, if it's your will, remove this thing from me. But not my will, that yours be done. And accept his answer, whatever it is, and continue to praise and worship him. I, I also, when I, I think it was the same message when I preached in August, I had ripped my shoulder. I mean, I don't know what ha- I did the night before. I was, and it was, it was the same thing. I'm like, all oh, the devil's trying to attack me. He doesn't want me preaching tomorrow and all this stuff, right? I was going through my head. But God told me that night, just praise and worship me. That's it. Don't ask me to heal you, nothing. Just praise. And I'm like, oh, but I'm in so much pain. What am I going to? Four in the morning, I can't sleep. Praise and worship me. He's worthy to be praised in all things. The byproduct of me being obedient, my shoulder was completely healed. I've never had any, any, I mean, I literally thought I ripped my arm out of its socket. I was in extreme, the thing hurt from here all the way down. I don't know what happened, but God healed me because he just told me to praise and worship, and he was teaching me. But I think maybe we, we've lost sight. This is a great example. Even Jesus, knowing exactly what he was headed for, said he asked God to take it away. This, this always amazes me. He knew what he was there for. He knew what he had to do, and it was so overwhelming. You know, the Bible says, if you go back and read that scripture, he, was, he wasn't afraid, but he was so uh, stressed that his, his sweat, and I, I don't even know if this is a medical thing. I've never seen this in my life. It actually teardrop, blood was coming out. I don't know how that happened. You get so stressed, you're poor. I don't know how it works. But can you imagine that amount of stress? He actually cried out to his father and said, could you, could you take this away, <laughs> right? If it's your will, could you take this divine wrath from me? And then he conceded and said, whatever your answer is, I trust you 100%. Do we do this in our prayer life? This is the, the level I think that God wants to get us to. We, we, we pray and we ask him things and we expect an answer. Of We have an expectation of what the answer should be. We want certain things like we, uh, how do they say it? Like we have God in a little, uh, like he's a, a gift box. You know, we just want him to give, answer my, you know, answer, do this for me, do that for me. His ways are not our ways, right? We have to praise and worship him because he's always worthy. And we have to totally trust him. And when we pray, ask him to take that thing away if it's his will. And then accept his answer whatever that answer is. A lot, a lot of people say, well, I'm not hearing from God or he's not answering me. Well, he hears you and he's not answering you the way you want. But he has a plan. I promise you that. He's working it all for good for those who love him, right? He has a plan. He will work it all for good for those who love him. That's all I got. Let's is Mark Roots around? I'm going to have Mark come and close us in prayer. Thank you. God bless. God is good. He kind of stole my thunder. Romans 8.28.
We know that he works all things for the good of those who love him. All things work together for our good if we're following him. You know, it's really a kind of like, you know, a quarterback goes back to pass and he throws the ball and somebody at the line tips it. And it just happens to wind up in the hands of some offensive lineman who's never touched the football in a game before in his life. But he catches it, and because it was tipped, it's a legal catch, and he starts running down the field. They didn't write that. They didn't draw that play up. That's not the way it was supposed to happen. It was The pass was supposed to go to a pass receiver, not some 320-pound lumbering giant. But if you score a touchdown, it doesn't matter that it wasn't your star running back that scored the touchdown. Really doesn't matter if you score the touchdown and win the game. And in the end, we win the game. Might not lead. We might not have an easy time of it. It might not be a blowout. But when the end comes, and the gun's fired, and the game is over, believers in Jesus win. And that's whether we face problems or not. Jesus didn't say, if you have trouble, he said, you will have trouble in this world. but I've overcome the world. And he has on our behalf. So we can trust him no matter what, no matter what kind of problems we're going through. That Jeremiah 29, 11 deal again. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Put your hope in him, not on how much I got in my pocket, not on what I'm driving, not on what the weather's going to be like or what kind of resistance we might run into this week. Put your hope in him and him alone. Before we close, I want to talk to the men in the audience. Coming up is Iron Sharpens Iron. Next week is the last week we can get a discount by signing up 10 guys. I don't think we have 10 yet. In fact, I'm pretty sure we don't have 10 yet. It's an all-day deal. We get lunch if we pay enough money. It's like 57 bucks or something for the day. But I got to tell you, it's a blast. It's well worth it. There are seminars that you can go to. They're like one-hour seminars, a couple of them in the morning, a couple of them in the afternoon, and then keynote speakers a couple of times. But when you go to those seminars, there's practical stuff 
and there's not just one or two things that you can choose from. There's a whole bunch of stuff you can learn about. You want to learn about how to do church media and, and presentations? They probably have a class for that. You want to learn about teaching children? Please. You want to learn about that? They got a class for that. They have seminars for all kinds of stuff. And when we go, we start the day and we end the day with worship. And it's an awesome day. Every time I've been there, it's been absolutely amazing. And we've heard some pretty cool speakers. You know, I heard from a retired Army general who was standing talking to somebody about attacks from the enemy that were occurring when an artillery round came through the roof and landed near them. And God protected him. He almost died, but he didn't. And while he was in the bed, hospital bed, God spoke to him and called him to deliver a message that he was able to, he was now traveling around the country delivering to men. So there are some really amazing things that you can learn at this conference. So it's Iron Sharpens Iron. It's coming up May or March 18th, I think it is. Isn't that right? 12th, 12th, 12th. It's a Saturday. And we got to know by next week whether or not you're willing to go. Don't let poor finances keep you away. Go figure something out. So see me, see Jay. There's a sign-up sheet out in the lobby. Sign up for Iron Sharpens Iron. Now we'll close. Lord, search our hearts and see if there's anything that we're holding back that we're not relinquishing to you, that we're not giving to you. And Lord, there's things that we're going through that we ask that if it's your will, you would take them away. But we know that you have a plan for our lives and that in the end, we're going to be with you. And that's the greatest reward we could ever have. You bought us with your blood. You're transforming our minds to be more like yours. And someday we'll see you face to face. All the rest of this is just part of the journey. And while we know we have troubles and we have trials in this life, we have a new life seated with you at the right hand of the Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for everything you've done and for everything you're doing on our behalf, even when we don't see it. In Jesus' name, amen.